Baylor on the road, Ames, Iowa. Iowa State at home, undefeated. Who's going to win? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Hope you're enjoying the last day of your work week. Good morning, if you're listening in the morning. Good afternoon, if you're listening in La Manana. It's not it's what that word is for. I'm Drake Toll. That's Scotty Swingler. Scotty Swingler, please bear with him. Myself, I'm inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. It's been a great week of shows. We pissed off a bunch of Nebraska fans, so that was a fun way to start this week. Um, we have talked about Iowa State. I claim the Baylor's going to lose this game, and then I claim that they're going to win this game. So, you know, little throw a little bipolar action in there for you. And today, we have the pigskin preacher who has so graciously prepared another sermon. It's becoming everyone's favorite moment of the week. Like, Friday shows are just electric because of Scotty Swingler. Scotty, Baylor, Iowa State, the road has not been kind to our, our Bears, and hopefully Dave Aranda can change that script this week. Well, Drake, we're going to go into a Bible story today that I think should encourage Baylor fans in this regard. Uh, Drake, today's Bible story might be familiar to you. It's one of the more popular narratives of the Old Testament. So let me ask our Locked On Baylor listeners to open their Bibles with me to Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 6. Now, the ancient times recorded in the Bible were quite violent. Uh, People groups were always conquering other people groups, often killing and enslaving people as they went. It was nasty business. And until the lengthy reign of the Roman Empire, there weren't many long-lasting nations at the top of the heap. Although infamously, some like Assyria and Babylon had their very short stints of success. I think the Big 12 Conference feels much the same way. For, For a long time, you could say, you know, Oklahoma is... Rome, but the past couple of seasons and the departure of Lincoln Riley, the Big 12 has become the Wild West. And you didn't know I was going to say that, and you wore your cowboy hat today anyway. And in the book of Judges, Israel sort of goes through its Wild West period. There's no centralized government. Um, Tribes of various people groups are constantly duking it out for land and resources and power. And one such group that comes in and messes things up for the Israelites is the Midianites. So Judges chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 3 and see what we can discern about the Midianites as a people and then determine how this text applies to Baylor's matchup this weekend with Iowa State. Read with me starting in verse 3. It says, Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, I can't even say that one, Amalekites, there we go. That's right, that's the one. And other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Like Midian was for Israel, Ames, Iowa, has been a notorious villain in the history of Baylor football. The Bears' all-time record in Ames is 4-6 and six with losses each of the last two trips up there. 
Now, I can spot several parallels here between the Midianites and Iowa State. First, and perhaps most obvious, did you see what the Midianites brought with them? Tents. It was tents. Verse 5 says, they came up with their tents. Lord knows if Iowa State loves anything, it's their tents. I'm not sure if you'd research this, Drake, but they are prone to having some massive freakouts when you don't let them bring or set up their tents on your land. Secondly, according to verse 3, the Midianites invaded Israel during crop season. Mm. Here we are recording this very sermon on the first day of autumn in the United States, harvest season, if you will, and Iowa State is preparing for its invasion of the Big 12. And let's be honest, when it comes to the Big 12, it's Texas Tech that probably knows the most about livestock, but it is our friends in Ames who know the most about cornfields and Mm. crops. Yeah. Thirdly, this text compares the Midianites to swarms of locusts invading with their tents. Did you know, Drake, that the state of Iowa is dealing with several invasive species of insect right now? As we speak today. As we speak. So much so that the Iowa Department of Agricultural, Agriculture and Land Stewardship has called it a great concern for the entire Midwest. One of the most recent insects which has caused a stir is the spotted lanternfly, which could cause harm to the state's tree population. I just find this interesting. That it's also a, That's what they called me in high school. Lanternfly? No, the spotted lanternfly. <laughs> That's a that's a great one. I've never heard that one. No, uh, no. Uh, well, how did you earn that nickname? I was just I ate all the crops that I saw. You know, you just wow. don't leave your crops around me, or I would eat them. Wow. That was all. I tried to name my band that with Tank pretty quickly. I'm Spotted lanternfly. I'm surprised you didn't go to school at Iowa State. But <laughs> I just find this interesting that that the good guys, the bears, are walking into the locust nest in Ames this weekend as Iowa is being invaded by lanternflies. Now, now Drake, these verses I've read this morning are the setup, or they're the opening verses of a a story of a hero named Gideon. Mm. We don't have time to read Gideon's entire story on Locked on Baylor, but faithful Baptists know that Gideon was a military leader who was not overly impressive for an ancient warrior and honestly sort of timid and meek. A doubter. he, He was, but he was a general who excelled in guerrilla warfare using a limited number of soldiers and unconventional methods to defeat Midianite armies, which were far larger in size. It was Gideon's tactics, his innovative strategies, and his out-of-the-box thinking that allowed him to outwit his opponents, causing their demise. I feel as though this is the game for Dave Aranda to reveal his Gideon-esque qualities. Mm. Because like Gideon, Coach Aranda isn't vocally outspoken or impressive. He won't impress you with his stature. He won't intimidate you with his personality, but he will always outwit you with his tactics. Coach Aranda needs to be a general Gideon in order for the Bears to emerge victorious on Saturday. In addition to this, I found another parallel with Gideon. Gideon was an unlikely hero for the Israelites. And like Israel, Baylor has recently found an unlikely hero to lead their army. Richard Reese. Reese hails from Belleville, a 4A Division II school comparable in size to Waco area schools like Robinson or China Spring. He's a true freshman 
And he came to a running back room loaded with four-star recruits like Josh Fleeks and Tay McWilliams and Squirrel Williams, as well as Jordan Jenkins, a redshirt yeah. freshman who racked up over 3,000 yards and 56 total touchdowns as a senior at another 4A school, Lindale. And yet it is Richard Reese who's emerged as the next Baylor great at the running back position, an unlikely hero who can carry the Bears to victory. Reese needs to be like Gideon in order for the Bears to emerge victorious on Saturday. And here's the last thing I want to mention today. Do you remember that invasive species I mentioned earlier? Yes, the I do. Lantern, the spotted lanternfly. The lanternfly. It's currently overtaking Iowa like a plague of locusts. And in a famous scene from biblical history, in Judges chapter 7, Gideon defeats the Midianites by surrounding their encampment in the middle of the night. And he has his soldiers smash jars and blow trumpets and light lanterns in their hands to manipulate the Midianites into believing they were surrounded by this vast army rather than a small group of guerrilla soldiers. The sounds and the lanterns were so overwhelming that the Midian soldiers in their great confusion completely self-destructed and defeated themselves. And so... On this Saturday, as the Bears march into Ames with superior tactics and one hero named Reese, may the lantern flies like the lanterns of Gideon be an omen of what is to come. May the cyclones self-destruct before our very eyes in great confusion and alarm over the superior warfare waged by Baylor and despite their many tents. May Baylor play more intense. Oh. And may we emerge victorious. Amen. Amen. Ah, beautiful as always. And I, Scotty, I've got great news for you. I've got great news for you. I was going to pick Iowa State to win this game on today's show. And your, I kid you not, your sermon has reversed it. There's a very specific reason why. And I will tell you why after I tell the folks at home about LinkedIn and their LinkedIn talent solutions. You're going to stay on the screen, by the way, because if you go away, God knows my audio might go out because we're having so many issues today with technology. Also, shout out to Jack and PK who are watching in their living room right now. Every Friday morning, they get their little house together. My neighbors, they watch the show. They love you. They think you're great, as do I, especially after today. LinkedIn, these days, everybody, everybody, like potential new hires, it, it can feel high stakes because you got a gajillion people out there that are applying. You know, it's tough. Scotty, you work at a church. You need interns. You need folks to work at the church with you. Finding it's people, it's hard It's hard to do. It's not easy, especially in today's climate. So LinkedIn Talent Solutions, they make it easy. You add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame if you need somebody to come work for you. Super simple tools, screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates. Right now, you can go there and find the right team member to help you it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. Scotty, my favorite Bible hero ever, Gideon. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 100%. It's my favorite story. It's my favorite story. Gideon doubts he's got the rag, a couple of rags, by the way, because one rag just won't do for the guy. And then he goes with his 10,000 men, and God's like, uh uh, you need like a couple at best. And it's unbelievable. The whole story is wild. And I, it's my favorite Bible hero story, mostly because the Veggie Tales that I watched when I was right. like six. Of course. Of course. Really bring it, it brings it on home. And from there, I was hooked. And now coming into today, the fact you whip out Gideon and then the spotted 
spotted cricket fly, whatever that guy Lant- was. Lantern fly. Lantern fly and the lanterns. You're telling me all this stuff's going to happen and it's just for nothing? You're telling me that there's not something going on here? It's got like a higher well, purpose? See, and, and Drake, here's here's how this works. Let me give let me uh, show you how, how the the brain works when i come on for these segments i i Mm -hmm. start i'll just be truthful with your audience i'm not starting with the biblical text when i preach in a church i'm starting with the biblical text when i preach i'm locked on i'm trying to find a theme and so Mm -hmm. naturally i'm like okay there's a lot of tents in the bible i have to make a tent joke yeah i'm looking through like dozens of places in scripture drake where tents are are a theme or are used and i'm like okay what and 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 i saw the Midianites and it just went dude. And I was just like, this is it. This, and then I just happened to be like, I I think I'd search like, I'm like swarms of locusts. I wonder if Iowa, do they have insects in Iowa? I've never been. Um, and so, uh, I find out about this invasive species called the lanternfly, And immediately I saw the Israelites surrounding the camp with their lanterns. And I went, Oh, it's on. It's yeah. on, dude. 100%. You're telling me that I shaved down to a mustache, wore a cowboy hat, and my Kachina hockey jersey just for you to come in here and tell me about a lantern and a lantern flying Gideon and Baylor's going to lose? There's no way. There are some signs that the universe sends you that God says, look at this. Look at this. I'm telling you what's going to happen, and I feel it. This feels, I look, no false prophets here. We're not gonna let's not make light of this, but I just I claim that I have no insider baseball on college football from God. Uh, that is my claim. <laughs> there no is still no, no extra information. <laughs> there's a certain conviction there. I now feel good. I felt bad. Scotty, Baylor's on the road. They're not very good on the road. Three and eight under Dave Aranda. And two of those wins are Kansas and Texas State. Back when Kansas was bad, because apparently they're not anymore. Uh, and now you get a game at Iowa State where Shapin and the offense have not played particularly well to this point. Like yeah, Shapin impressed against Albany and past that. It's like, okay, come on, guy. We need a little bit more here. You and I talked last week about my guy, the guy that asked me if Shapin was going to be better. And I laughed in his face and he was right. It was a good question. Uh, going into this week, though, at some point, push has to come to shove. Something's got to break. And the team has to have a good game throwing the football in some at, at some point, why not this week against an Iowa State team that's replacing six of their eleven starting defenders from last season? Yeah, and there's two there's two big questions here. I, so your defense is going to have to win this game. Yeah, um, you're on the road. Ames, I, I've said for for ten years, the three places you don't want to play in the Big Twelve are Ames, Morgantown, and Stillwater. Th- those are just nightmare places. It doesn't matter how good or bad the team is, things can go wrong very quickly. Um, our secondary's got to play well, Drake. Mm-hmm. Iowa State has the best receiver in the Big 12 right now, and, and we've got to see that secondary step up. But I think our defense is going to keep us in this game. I really do. I think our defense is the reason we're going to have a shot to win. And then I saw this from PFF this week. I don't know if you saw this. I've been, like, scratching my head about our offensive line just because I, I think I haven't seen – see, you already know. I'm like, I'm like, what's happening with our offensive line? They don't look really good, and, and it doesn't look dominant to my – very amateur preacher eyes. And, and then PFF has us rated as the third offensive line in the country going into this week. Um, yeah. And and so I, I, we sound like a broken record, Drake. It's on the bl- the back of Jake, uh, Blake Shapin. Yeah. Thank God. Monterey Baldwin's probably back. Yeah. They're right. As much as, as I have gone on and on my rants about Blake Shapin, I do think he's still a competent quarterback. I have not given up yet. Some people have, by the way, Blake, if you're listening, I, 
have not. Neither has Scotty, although he did send me a text that was like, I'm close. We got to do something at some point here, which I thought was really oh, funny. Oh, man, he's sharing the DMs on the pod. I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> exposing. And I, I haven't given up on him yet. Neither have you, totally. And it is, it is also a factor of him not having the weapons that Baylor had last year. There's no Tyquan Thornton to throw to uh, the running backs. You don't have Treston Ebner to lean on or Abram Smith to lean on. This year, there's a lot of new guys. As the quarterback, I'm sure Blake Shapin feels like he's the only proven player on the football field. That adds even more pressure to you. You need a Monterey Baldwin to step up or Richard Reese to step up. Now that Baylor has that, I didn't agree on Monday when Cam said that Richard Reese is the number one guy. But the more I look at these numbers, Reese has put together a really impressive three games. I wish he would have gotten the ball more against BYU. So uh, he's, you know, guilty of being good until proven innocent of being good. Keep throwing him out there until something breaks, if it even does. He might just be this consistent all year long. So why not ride that into the sunset? I like what he's done. And you factor all that into this week. Baylor opens the playbook up a little bit more in the Big 12 play, gets the luster of conference play. I've started to feel better and better as the week has gone on about this game. I agree. And and I, you know, the good thing about Richard Reese being your number one is we do have plenty of competent guys. So so if Richard Reese is your leading ball carrier, you're still going to have several carries go to Squirrel and need yeah. to. Squirrel, Squirrel is still just a touchdown waiting to happen anytime he touches the ball. If Tim McWilliams can get healthy, that's that's a huge piece. He's a great back. Um, but yeah. Reese, Reese looks to have and we'll see how he plays against Big 12 competition, but he looks to have that combination of explosiveness. And the biggest thing that he's done well is what Grimes wants. It's put a foot in the ground, make one cut, and yeah. get yards. Go. He's not dancing. Um, despite being a pretty elusive, fast guy, he's putting his foot in the ground and getting up field. And I've been really impressed with him, man. And then uh, on the outside, um, I think Baylor has playmakers, and we're still just trying to figure out who they are. And Baldwin – and Sims are kind of the yeah. two guys that you're like, okay, that's a known commodity. And, and you're kind of waiting on that, whether it's Hal Presley or Josh Cameron or who's Armani Winfield. Where's Armani Winfield? Right, right. And and, and I kind of scratch my head about that, Drake, because I, I came into the season telling you I thought our wide receiver depth was just incredible. I, I think mm-hmm. there's so many guys here that are talented. They're all freshmen, sophomores. Yeah. And so who's who's going to step up and, and start making some plays? We definitely need to see that. But um, for Blake, I think don't turn the ball over mm. and, and you've got a good shot um, with the way that our defense has been playing. And find Ben Sims. This is, it feels like every year against Iowa State, that's like the Ben Sims or the tight end game for Baylor. Uh, and that could be a big key in this week's game. Find Ben Sims in the offense, get him the football. He's the experienced guy and he should be your number one target for for Blake Shapin. He is the Baylor's George Kittle. He is Baylor's Travis Kelsey. So go get him the football and let him make a play. Uh, it might be a 14 to 10 game. That just might be what happens on Saturday. Two solid defenses, two offenses that have been shaky at times, especially against better defenses. So you're going to have to play to that way, which Scotty leads me to our final question before we get you out of here. What is your score prediction right now for Baylor and Iowa State on the road tomorrow? It's, I, I think it's going to be a three-point game. Uh, mm. my, my colleague, Travis Corley, who hosts Please Bear With Me, um, since I gave that show up, pointed out that the last two Big 12 championship runs Baylor has made, uh, we beat Iowa State by two um, in both cases, including last year. Um, Brock Purdy did everything he could to keep that team in the game. So I would say it's going to be a two or three point game. Um, 
you know what? My my own sermon has talked me into it. Let's let's go 24-21. Bears. What what say you? And the under hits. I'm gonna give this game, I'm gonna go. Three-point game, yes. The only reason I'm saying a four-point game is because I I just I do see this game going under it. 21-17. Um, uh, you know, not even that. Give me Scotty 20 to 17. I will I'll go three points. I think Baylor cans a couple of field goals instead of scoring three touchdowns. See, Baylor scoring two touchdowns, two field goals, Iowa State, two touchdowns, and one field goal, a difference in this game. Um, I, I still have confidence as Dave Aranda said in his press conference Monday in the kicking game for Baylor. And I, I think that that could become a factor on Saturday. Can I make a comment about that? Yeah, why not? Um, thanks. I, I've, I have scratched my head for a year and a half as to why, did you know John Mayers is the most accurate kicker in the history of Baylor football? Isn't that nuts, man? It's so wild. I, even, even last season, and it's hard, and I'm unfair, but every time Hankins would miss a field goal last season, I'm like, what are uh, we doing? What are we yeah, doing? And yeah. so after BYU, I, I just want to give props to Aranda. One thing Aranda's good at, um, he's not afraid to make a switch mm. if things aren't working. We saw it firing Larry Fedora after one year at the helm of the offense. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful he made a switch. I, I, I hope Hankins gets it together and is a great kicker in years to come. Um, but I'm very confident in John Mayers. I think I think he's going to hit. So sweet, Scotty. Uh, thanks so much as always for joining us. We'll do it again next week. I am. I look. I hopefully Baylor wins, and we're having a conversation next Friday of a team that's in the top 15 and getting ready for a big home matchup against Oklahoma State with big noon kickoff. So we'll see you then. See you, man. Thanks. And for those listening, uh, it's time to tell you about BetOnline.net. You ever heard of BetOnline.net? I bet you have. For sure. Uh, it is where the game starts. Great place to go check out odds and lines and everything for this week in college football. Uh, all the lines for tonight's games, too. A lot of Thursday, Friday games are starting to kick off now. Maction's coming up, too, which I'm excited about. Uh, and then Saturday, obviously, a full slate that we're going to get into on today's show. All of There's all kind of podcast betting suggestions and ways at Bet Online to wager your money intelligently in a way that you don't lose a lot of it like I have done at least once over the course of the last few weeks. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Go check it out. Really, really impressed with their interface, even on mobile device. You'll really like what they have to offer at BetOnline. It's where the game starts. College football this Saturday. Rounding some things out. Tonight's got some uh, vaguely interesting games. Syracuse and Virginia. Syracuse wins that game. They might be in the top 25. Nevada and Air Force. Air Force favored by 24 after losing to Wyoming. Kind of wild. Boise State at UTEP, too. Those games, whatever. Getting into Saturday, TCU and SMU. TCU favored by two on the road at SMU. Over under 70 and a half. Call me crazy. I'm taking the over. Yep, I'm taking the over. Uh, two teams just play a whole lot of offense. I think TCU's defense is actually serviceable, but SMU's got a high power offense. Both teams are going to want to score. It could end up being TCU wins this game 52 to 21, and that's the over. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I like SMU to at least put up a fight, and I'm going to pick SMU actually to win that game, too. Some more intriguing matchups across college football. Wake Forest at home is a seven-point dog against Clemson. Clemson coming to town over under 55 and a half. Give me Wake Forest plus seven. Clemson may win, 
but they're not going to win by a touchdown in that one. Maybe even by a half point, plus seven and a half, so you don't push. Baylor at Iowa State. Iowa State favored by two and a half. I might buy a couple points here and play Baylor plus three and a half. I think it's a very safe play. And, uh, you know, I'm also going to sprinkle a little on the Baylor money line. They say not to bet on the teams that you love because it's double heartbreak if they lose. But I like Baylor's spot the more that we've talked about them all week. So I might just ride the Bears this weekend. Outside of that, Auburn and Missouri. Auburn favored by seven with a new quarterback this week against Mizzou. I think this game is going to suck. Both teams just aren't very good at football. I'm not even going to pick it. I hope that I don't have to watch any part of that game. Duke and Kansas. Kansas by seven and a half. Two undefeated 3-0 and teams would have been so awesome for college game day to go to Lawrence. They did not. I love Kansas to win that game on Saturday. I'm going to throw it in multiple parlays as a money line at like minus 300 just to add a buck or two. UCLA favored by 21 and a half at Colorado. Big time win for UCLA. I think they cover 21 and a half too. I might even buy it down to 21 just to be safe, but I love the cover there. Florida and Tennessee at Tennessee. The Vols favored by 10 and a half. Give me Tennessee to win the game by 10 and a half. I don't know. I'll buy a half point and say Tennessee minus 10. I think they do end up running away with this game in the end. They're 3-0 of this season battle tested. Texas goes to Texas Tech. They are seven-point favorites. Give me the Longhorns, the boys from Austin. They're going to end up winning this game by, I think, two scores. They've shown a lot of good prowess. Hudson Card's not a great quarterback, but Texas Tech is going to be reeling for the next few weeks. You'll remember from our preseason picks that I did not have a lot of faith in Texas Tech down the stretch, and I still don't. UNC 3-0 at home against Notre Dame. Notre Dame 1-2. You already saw how they lost to Marshall. UNC only favored by 1.5. Love that pick here. Give me UNC. Minnesota going to Michigan State. Minnesota's 3-0. Michigan State 2-1 after a bad loss at Washington and dropped all the way out of the AP Top 25. Minnesota favored by 3. They go on the road at Michigan State. Get the win. Cincinnati favored by 16.5 at home against Indiana. Give me 10 Windiana. They're 3-0 right now on a good track. They're going to cover 16.5 points. I like that pick a lot. App State by 7 at home against James Madison. Not so fast, my friends. Sun Belt, Fun Belt. Give me James Madison plus 7 in that game against Appalachian State. Some other intriguing games that are on the slate over the course of the weekend. Oregon, 6.5 point favorites at Washington State. I like the Ducks in this one. Give me the Oregon Ducks to continue their reign after that big beat down against BYU last week. That was just painful. Really, really painful. I wanted BYU to win that game so very bad. Arizona at Cal. Cal favored by three. Not so fast again. Arizona goes on the road and gets one. They have 50 new players this season. They flex them against California and pull off the big victory. You've also got, oh baby, get ready. I'll be at this game. I'll be at this game. I'll be at this game. Arkansas, Texas A&M, number 23 Aggies, number 10 Razorbacks at AT&T Stadium, A&M minus two. Arkansas money line over 48 and a half. The Hawks knock off the Aggies, number 23 team in the nation, favored over the number 10 team in the nation at a neutral site. Not gonna happen. Iowa goes to Rutgers, Iowa favored by seven and a half. No chance, no chance. Hawkeyes are going to lose to the... Yeah, they're going to lose. The Scarlet Knight at... Piscataway, New Jersey. Always trips me up. Always trips me up. Alabama, Vanderbilt. Alabama favored by 40 and a half. Vandy covers plus 40 and a half. They lose by 35. Ohio State favored by 19 at home against Wisconsin. They're going to win by 19. I don't know. Probably lay off of that one. Only a couple more on here that are really intriguing. Oklahoma favored by 12 and a half at home against Kansas State. Not so fast again, my friends. Plus 12 and a half. I like Kansas State to cover the spread in that game. And then... Maybe one of my favorite matchups on the slate this weekend. 
USC at Oregon State. Number seven, USC against undefeated 3-0 Oregon State, favored by six points. Give me Oregon State. Take that, Lincoln Riley. I don't even like you. Oregon State, plus six. I love it. Maybe even sprinkle a bit on the money line for Oregon State at home this week. A wake-up call. Oregon State's undefeated 4-0 going into next week. This has been. Folks, thanks for listening to the shows all week. If you come back on Monday, we'll break down everything for Baylor and Iowa State. What do you want to hear? I don't know. Go follow uh, at LockedOnBaylor on Twitter and tell us what you want to hear, I guess. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from, but I guess I want to make the show interactive. So, why not? This has been, it always will be. I got to go to work. Locked. Other work. On. See you guys on Monday. Go Bears. Baylor.